Welcome to our season finale of Football on the 40. In this episode, we're going to recap the 2022 season and touch on some of the biggest storylines going into the offseason. We will also provide you the results of our epic second season of Betting Corner. I'm Jake Robinson, and I'm joined by our regular hosts, Bowen Kai, Andrew Harris, and Kevin Mathis. Our show is produced by Hamilton Lizer. Before we get into football talk, though, um, let's give a brief update on Texas basketball. The Horns are ranked number seven and are 15-2 and two overall at time of recording. Andy, what have you got your eye on for the remainder of this season in conference play? And what do you think our ceiling and floor are going into the tourney? Uh, hey, everyone. Um, yeah, I, we have a really good team. Uh, last week were some stressful games where we started off real slow, came back and won. Um, was my first time at the Moody Center, which was awesome. Everyone should go if you haven't. Jake and Bowen were there too. So it was a lot of fun. Great time. Um, then going forward, Big 12 is going to be really good. Um, I think it's going to be hard for us to win the Big 12 just based on who we play the rest of the way. But that, I, that's not to diminish who we are as a team. Um, I, I just think like Kansas is probably the uh, front is going to be the front runner, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, going forward, I think our floor is probably a second round exit at this point. Um, I think our ceiling, I mean, if everything goes right, I, we have the makeup of a team that can go all the way, which that sounds really out there. And I'm not predicting that we will go all the way, but we have a team that's deep enough, that's versatile enough to make a deep run in March Madness. We'll see what happens. Um, I think we'll probably be somewhere in the middle of that. And, and, you know, if we make the Sweet 16 or Elite 8, I think Ronnie Terry will probably keep his job, which will be great. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, I'm excited about this team, and um, I think there's a lot more that this team can accomplish. I didn't know you guys had gone to a game together. Was it the Tech game or which game? Uh, we went to the TCU game last week. I was in Austin for a work trip, but it was also part of my Christmas gift uh, for me. And then Jake and Bowen just tagged along um, too with our friend David. That's cool. How how much were tickets? Because I've heard from post past season ticket holders that the Moody Center is not like it obviously has less seats. Were tickets expensive? Uh, Kev, I don't know how much it was. Uh, Jake and Bowen probably can give you a better understanding of it um, because it was a Christmas present for me, so I didn't, I didn't personally pay for it. They it wasn't that reasonable. bad. It was, it was, it was, yeah. it was, yeah, it was, it was pricey for like a weekday home game, but I mean, it was a conference game, and yeah, not a lot of seats. I feel like in future years, something we may, I might want to think about doing is like season tickets. I feel like you could probably turn a profit with season tickets because um yeah i think just just based on availability and it was an awesome atmosphere That's yeah cool. oh, it, was, it was really cool um we were behind the entire game until like a minute left um but yeah the moody center is amazing it's it's a it's a legit basketball atmosphere I love how they cut the entire upper deck out and that's what makes prices go up. Plus they have a ton of uh, student tickets. So yeah, it's, it's a, it's an exciting time for sure. 
Um, okay. But, and yeah, and Andy, thanks for, thanks for going out on a limb there with your predictions. I know it's hard to predict March and college basketball. Nobody really knows once you get to the tournament, you got to see who's hot going in, but let's move on to football because we are a football podcast after all. And so we would like to now discuss the, we're going to look back at the 22, 2022 season and just give each of us are going to give one of the best moments of the season and one of the worst moments of the season. Um, Andy, let's start with you. Yeah, I think for me, it was, um, it was pretty obvious. So you game was the best moment, obviously was not uh, the best version of OU that we saw this year. Um, you know, it was probably OU's worst team in the last 20 plus years, but you know, whenever you get a win of that um, margin over your biggest rival, it's always great, no matter how bad they are. So to me, that was definitely the highlight. And then the worst aspect of the year was not giving Bijan the opportunity to go to New York City. You know, if we win against Tech and Oklahoma State, I don't know if he wins the Heisman, but I think he definitely goes to New York City. And those are two games that we probably should have won. But Bo, give me give me your give me your thoughts. Yeah, I feel like the best part generally was just I said it earlier on the pod, but just going back to home games again and having that atmosphere was awesome. I feel like the best home game experience for me was meeting that couple, Jake and Macy, right in front of us and making friends with them throughout the season, and then getting invited to their tailgate and then um, going to pluckers with them and hanging out, and it was just the improbability of it was, was cool. And seeing some friendships get made. I, I really enjoyed that for me. The worst part, I don't know. The loss, uh, the losses were just stung pretty hard. I, I feel like the tech loss, I was probably like the most deflated. Um, TCU was pretty bad too, but um, yeah, I feel like the tech one was, was, was the gimme that we should have had. So that was, I felt pretty, pretty bad after that one. What about you, Kev? Best moment I had, sort of like the first few minutes of the fourth quarter in the Alabama game. Um, DKR was electric that Saturday. And, you know, it's Sark's second year. We're fresh off of the Austin media hype coming out of fall camp. We don't know how good the team is. We're getting to know Quinn and we're beating Alabama late in the game. That was just, that was the highlight of the season for me. I joked about like on a few podcasts ago, how I was actually like tearing up during that point of the game in the stands, like just trying to comprehend like what that meant for the program. (laughs) But I thought that was, that was great. And then my low or worst part of the season was seeing Quinn's regression um, kind of mid to late season. He had several games in a row where his passing, you know, really dropped off noticeably. I kind of wonder if it was lingering pain or injuries after he got taken out of the Bama game. I'm not sure, you know, about the background of that, but just seeing his performances kind of be downgraded over the course of the season was was a bummer. Um, Jake, what do you got? Yeah. Um, so I actually went up and met my girlfriend's family a couple of times during the season. And it's kind of the tell of two, two trips. The first time, um, we lost to Tech. And there were a bunch of tech fans there and it was painful. The second time uh, I was literally when I met her grandmother, her grandmama, and we throttled Kansas. So one of the best was probably 
um, beating Kansas, uh, putting that whole charade of are they good? Can they beat us again and again? Just put that behind us. I think that's a good narrative to remove from the program. So that's probably one of the best. And then one of the worst, um, that Oklahoma State second half where we blew the lead and threw that game, that that had to be a low. Um, it, it was just when we thought we were getting – we were actually really good. It was, you know, we had Oklahoma, and then we had the Iowa State win, and then we look really good against Oklahoma State. And if we finish that game out, I think we're six and one. And so um, just in typical fashion, you know, you crumble right when you think you're actually really good. So that would probably be one of the worst moments for sure. Um, yeah. Bowen, move us into the next segment. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for that reflection. Um, speaking of reflections, um, next segment, we wanted to revisit the draft that we did going into the season. Um, for longtime listeners, y'all can remember we had a guest, Evan Baldwin, and then um, Kevin, Andy, and myself also drafted from the freshman class and the transfer class and picked five players that we thought would make an impact. Um, you know, we're not going to go through each of the players individually here in the, in the draft, but just kind of reflecting, we'll probably put um, our draft grades up um, on the Instagram, and I'll kind of go through and summarize real quick. Um, each of the, each of the folks. So Kevin was very controversial. He did, he had the first pick and did not go with Quinn. Um, the first pick that he did, did take DJ did make some contributions, but really ended up not really panning out all that much. And the rest of his guys didn't do all that much either. I'd probably put him at a C plus generously, maybe B minus B minus Evan was at the top. He took Quinn, you know, with the second pick and the rest of his guys did pretty well too. He had some contributions from Cole Hudson um, and Will Stone, you know, was doing kickoffs too. So, um, you know, he had some positive contributions at maybe a minus um, Andy was next. Unfortunately, his first pick Nayer was out all season. I think if he had played and stayed healthy, he probably would have ran away with this because his second pick of Brian Watts was really, really good. And then, um, myself with the last pick, um, I was fortunate to get back and back, back to back with Kelvin Banks and then picking up Justice Finkley as well. Those two were great, but then I kind of wasted my last pick on, on Malik Murphy. So, um, Andy, I would probably give a B and then myself, I might give myself a B plus or an A minus too. So fun draft to see. And, and it was fun to see, you know, who would actually make a contribution or not. And, you know, we'll, it was a good way to also just preview who was coming into into the season as well. So we'll see what that looks like going into next season for for our guys, and then um, for next year's draft as well. But yeah, any anything else to add um, add on the draft, folks? Uh, I think we're way too generous, or you are way too generous on Kevin's grade there. As <laughs> C plus B minus, I think C like, plus I is fair. <laughs> no. Uh, no, no. We're grading on the scale of C is average, y'all. Remember, C is average. Oh, okay. Then probably D. a lot less than that. Because you know? <laughs> there's there's some there's some folks that we just haven't really seen out there. But I was I was just trying to be generous, you know. Yeah. But there's the Macomb's curve. Macomb's curve. Yeah. But my whole thinking was I want to take the most impact player, right? I was not, you know, on the Quinn bandwagon. And I knew one of these freshman offensive linemen those being Devin Campbell and Kelvin Banks were going to have some sort of impact. I just picked the wrong one. Um, (laughs) 
So we'll, we'll, we'll try it again this season. I was texting you guys earlier, like since I obviously had the worst draft, that means I get to pick first uh, again this year. So looking forward to that. Mm, I don't know. I don't know about <laughs> that. Be, it, it, do, it does make sure. sense. You know, it, it does kind of, the logic works. Yeah. Kev, Kev was tanking for this year. <laughs> tanking for Arch. He probably won't take Arch. Yeah, Arch right. would be a bad a bad pick. Oh my god. This year. He's not gonna play. You don't know that. We don't He's know not gonna, gonna play. <clears throat> we don't know hot, what's gonna happen. Hot take. Okay. Well we'll we'll see if Kevin passes up on another five star quarterback in the first <laughs> round. Coming to you soon in, in, in our next episode. Um, all right, we're gonna we're gonna take a short break and when we get back, we're gonna talk about what we're looking forward to and looking into this offseason. So we'll be right back. This Football on the 40 episode is brought to you by Hospitology. Hospitology is a weekly newsletter written by fellow Longhorn Blake Madden. It covers interesting, not boring stories at the intersection of business and healthcare, like why Amazon bought One Medical, and interesting health tech startups paving the way for the future of healthcare. If you want to get smarter on the crazy world of healthcare, subscribe to Hospitology today at workweek.com forward slash brand forward slash hospitology. Okay, our next segment is to discuss storylines going into the offseason. The first one that we have that we want to talk about is uh, we have some changes upcoming in the Big 12 with additional teams joining. So I feel like the quote unquote new Big 12 will be a topic of interest for Texas fans and fans across the Big 12. What are you guys looking forward to with these changes or not? Um, Andrew, maybe start us off by explaining who's joining and what the thought behind the Big 12 changes is. So um, Houston, UCF, Cincinnati, and BYU will be joining this year. Um, Texas and Oklahoma will still be in the Big 12 this year. So it's an awkward period of time where um, the teams that are leaving and the teams that are joining will be in the conference at the same time. Um, yeah, really, the the schedule changes. We do not play every team in the Big 12 next year. Uh, we don't know the schedule at this moment. Um, and so it'll be really interesting to see how that plays out. But, um, yeah, the Big 12, it'll be interesting, and especially uh, tiebreak scenarios going forward. Um, because, you know, going to Arlington now, it might, you might only have the luxury of losing one time, um, where in previous years, if you lost two times, you still probably made Arlington. Um, and by losing two times or one time, I'm talking about in conference play, not overall. Um, so I thought that was interesting. And it'll be interesting to see how that plays out because I think the first tiebreaker will be just overall conference record. So percentage of uh, winning percentage. Um, but yeah, one, one question I, that's like come to mind is like, as a fan, no, so don't take into account like the strength of the team, just as a fan, which, uh, which venue would you want to go visit the most out of the four new teams, Houston, UCF, Cincinnati, BYU. For me, I mean, Cincinnati's not great, and y'all live in Houston. Houston's whatever, so that one's kind of be off the board. So, <laughs> so 
but Cincinnati kind of sucks in my opinion, but UCF and BYU are both cool cities. UCF's in Orlando, BYU's in Provo, just the stadium itself. And, and just the view and everything, I would say Provo it's, it's a, just a beautiful stadium and in the mountains, it's really cool, but you can't like drink there. Yeah. I was going to say, I think, <laughs> um, investigating, you know, what it means to Mormon tailgate might be an interesting yeah. experience, but I was going to say UCF. Yeah. Um, that's, that's gotta be the front runner if you want the full experience. Right. Yeah. But Andrew, it was interesting that you mentioned that, that we aren't going to play everybody. Um, Bowen, I'm going to call you out. If you could choose two teams in the big 12, not to play next year, who would those two teams be? Oh gosh. I don't even know who's supposed to be good next year. Um, or just like lame names you don't want to go up against. Oh, I feel like I don't want to go up against Kansas State, and Oklahoma State. I mean, we beat Kansas State this year, but they always give us a tough time. And Oklahoma State, I just don't think Quinn can Quinn can throw in that stadium. I I don't know. So I probably yeah. would knock those two off. And then back to Andrew's question of the new teams, which venue would you want to check out? I'd probably say UCF too. I mean, Utah is like a beautiful state though. You know, they have so many like national parks. And so if we're thinking like we're doing a trip up there with the boys, like we can go hiking, you know, on a day. Um, Or, you know, if we go to Orlando, we could also go to Disney World, which would be pretty sick too. But then it's like the cost of the trip on a day pass. So um (laughs) Uh, yeah i think both would be pretty fun i think i feel like i would just be like unsure if i'm doing if i'm like i don't know i feel like i'd always be breaking the law if i was on byu campus you know just like existing i just don't know what are rules and like what are like if i wear shorts like is that okay like i don't do i need to cover my sleeves i don't even know so i think ucf i don't have to worry about that that's awesome wow Okay, uh, next storyline for, for the upcoming offseason or the current offseason. Uh, we have Arch Manning, who has uh, signed and has early enrolled at UT. Um, so he's getting comfortable on campus, getting acquainted with the program, beginning to practice. I think developing Arch Manning generally is going to be, you know, a headline for the next few months or many months. Uh, what, are you, what are y'all's thoughts on how Arch gets his start in Austin. Jake, could you start us? Yeah, I'm I'm kind of curious how this will go because Arch Arch is such a big I, I'm like not even talking about football here, just adjusting on campus. He's he's such a big name recruit. Maybe maybe the biggest um name on campus in in a very long time, maybe since like Colt McCoy. How will he adjust with like the student population is what I'm curious about and like will he have to have a separate like dorm room location like Colt did that that could be interesting to see plus I know you you mentioned it but he's already lost his ID man like <laughs> I, I see here that he's lost it twice yeah as of tonight he I saw on social media again that he lost it again man, so. dude get a wallet does that like <laughs> Does that give you any concerns about like the headspace of your upcoming quarterback? Like that's like is, the first take. Uh, is that a red flag? Down topic. <laughs> is that a red flag that your quarterback? You got to get him one of those. ID? One of those like lanyard ID holders. You know those ones that they sell at the bookstore. 
Yes. Got to get him one of those. But how do you expect him to, you know, memorize the playbook if he can't control his wallet? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Got to throw got to throw a tile on that thing or something. Yeah. Um then... go, oh, bo- go, ahead. go ahead, Bone. Go ahead. Oh, I was just I was just going to say like, yeah, I feel like he's got to be the adjustment for him's got to be tough cuz it's like everyone's probably just staring at him and I can think if I'm in college now, like I'd be staring at him too. And I'm thinking back to like when we were in school, like whenever I would like see, I mean, no one nearly as like, I guess like star studded as arch, but like, even when I would see, I think like David Ash was probably like the biggest one that I would see like at stone. Sometimes I would see him and I'd be like, Whoa, it's David Ash, you know, mm-hmm. but so arch, like I'm, I'm sure he's just pulling in like so many stairs. So it'll be interesting to see how he, um, how he adjusts with that. Jake, the comparison with Colt McCoy is interesting because Arch is coming from a private Catholic school. That like campus difference couldn't be greater between UT and a private Catholic school in Louisiana. Um, I don't know if he's that quiet of a guy or is really embracing it, but it might be like a huge shock. So hope he enjoys it, but you don't want him to enjoy it too much. All right. Next up in our off-season uh, storylines, this is probably going to wrap up sooner than later, but I think everyone's going to be curious to see where Bijan lands in the NFL. Uh, he has, you know, really high draft stock or whatever you want to call it. I'm not a big NFL guy, but I'm curious to see where he lands. Um, what do you guys think about that? Andy? Yeah, I mean, I, I'll admit I'm not a big NFL guy in general. I'll watch NFL, um, but I, I don't follow it as much as college football. Um, but I, I would just like him to go to a team that's not dysfunctional. Um, so sorry, Bo, not the Texans. Um, I don't know. I It'd be really cool to – I don't know if I really want him on the Cowboys either. I feel like he wouldn't utilize his full potential. Um Kansas City would be really cool. I don't know if he'll go that late, but um, nor well, I don't know if Kansas City will necessarily draft him. Um, the Bills could be really cool, or I don't know, just go going to an organization that's functional. That's my ideal like place for him. So, Jake Bowen, do y'all have like a preference on where he goes? I don't have a preference. I agree with all that. I mean, he's like the consensus number one running back, I think, um, on like a lot of draft boards. It's just the challenging with drafting a running back with with teams. Like folks just aren't really spending that much draft capital nowadays since just based on like the longevity. So yeah, I hope he ends up somewhere good. The, any of the teams you mentioned, I think would be good, Andy. I don't know if you mentioned the Eagles, but I had seen some projections of him landing there which would be pretty cool i I mean i feel like i mean i'm I'm not an eagles fan by any means but i think they have a pretty good front office and pretty good coaching staff there so i think he would be successful i just hope he lands somewhere where i can watch him in houston without paying you know having to get nfl game day or whatever it's called oh yeah like i feel like there's a lot of kansas city games on tv nationally so it'd be cool to see him matched up with someone like patrick mahomes and also be able to watch him a lot. So I hope he does awesome. He deserves it. Okay. Um, last year, and I, I don't know if this is a, a off-season storyline necessarily, but we're going to go one by one here. Um, let's everyone give one bold prediction, all caps, 
bolded, bold prediction for 2023. Jake, go ahead. Just just go ahead and buy your tickets to the game. I believe it's on, uh, I think it's September 8th in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. September 9th, sorry, it's September 9th. We will witness Texas take down Nick Saban in person. Final score, Texas 35, Bama 25. It's not even that close. Damn. That's worth uh, diving into a little bit. I know (laughs) Alabama has some turnover in their coaching staff. Aren't they looking for an OC and a defensive coordinator in this offseason? Yeah, they always have. They always have turnover in those positions. Not always, but. Both at once and losing Will Anderson and Bryce Young, they're you know, that that we, might not be that unrealistic. We probably would have won by 10 points this year if things hadn't happened. But yeah. but you never know. That's also you can't say. I, I just Jake, know. I I just feel like next year we're gonna keep the keep the train rolling. And I think Alabama's gonna have a good season, but I think they're gonna not have a great uh second week. That would be Jake, sick. Jake, I I like I, I can see where you come from and I I don't think it's that like that outrageous of a like prediction Alabama has coming in the the greatest recruiting class ever according to uh two four seven and twenty four seven but with that in mind they're all gonna be freshmen and it's gonna be their second week of action so and not that many freshmen are gonna play right away just just nature of freshmen so I think out with Alabama having a lot of turnover with personnel um, and also just with their players, I think there's a lot of change going on, and I don't know if we're going to see the best version of Alabama by that time. Sounds great. Sign me up. Aren't we getting uh, Bama season tickets, or have we looked into prices for that yet? Shh, don't tell everybody the secret. We might have. Uh... <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> got to keep, it, the keep it hush-hush. I mean – I don't know if we have that influence, but I would definitely like to get Alabama season tickets. Um, yeah, I think that's the play for sure. Um, yeah. I, I've looked into it. I don't think they're on sale yet. They probably won't be for a couple months. Yeah. Or maybe that's a curse because last time we tried that strategy with a big SEC matchup, the the game was canceled. So I don't know. Thanks, Cole. Okay. <laughs> Bowen, <laughs> what's your bold prediction for 2023? My bold prediction, I would love to see us win the Big 12 in the year of our Lord, 2023. Let's go. Everyone was saying this year was the year before the year. Let's see if it actually happens. Or, excuse me, 2022 was supposed to be the year before the year. So hopefully 2023, it pays off for us. We would love to see that. We would love to see that in this house. I love that. I'm going to go one step further. My bold prediction is we make the college football playoff. Wow. Woo! From Kevin. Yeah. That's a big one. We're going to have to pause there now. What what gets us there? Help me with this list of those that are returning. Our our star linebacker, we got Quinn, Xavier, Isaiah Nair, Xavier Worthy, Jordan Whittington. Help me with big names that are coming back. Did I miss anybody? Higher offensive line. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think in I think this is, in college football is something that doesn't we don't take into consideration enough. But having experience day one of this season is is going to be big, and and we've got 
you know, we've got a fairly solidified coaching staff. There's really essentially no turnover in the coaching staff in this offseason, with the exception of the wide receiver um, coach. So I think I think we can build on that. So yeah, I th- I think we got a good shot at making the CFP. Optimistic Kev is here. I love it. It's the off season, baby. <laughs> okay, I'll I'll take us home. Um, so this might sound a little crazy, but by the end of the 2023 season, Quinn Years will have the single season record of passing yards for Texas. Now you think. Who has one who has the most passing yards and how like how many passing yards will he would he need? So Colt McCoy in 2008 threw for 3,859 yards. So if we only play 13 games next year, that's assuming we go to a bowl game. Uh Quinn needs to throw 297 yards um per game, which to me is a lot, but I don't think it's unreasonable. If we go to the Big 12 championship game, we'll play in a minimum of 14 games. And um, because it'd be Big 12 plus a bowl game. And then Quinn would just need to throw for about 275 yards per game, which that is even more reasonable. Um, And so kind of just looking at Sark uh, real quick, just historically, um, as last stop at Alabama, in 2019, uh, Tua got hurt, but if you combine Tua and Mac Jones, they combined for 4,300 yards that season. And then in 2020, when Alabama only played 13 games because of the pandemic, Mac Jones threw for 4,500 yards. Damn. So if Quinn is anywhere close to those two years, he's going to blow the record um, out the water. And then lastly, his last game in the bowl game, he threw for almost 370 yards. So the potential is there. And I think it's not as hard of a hard to see um, just based on recent production of Sark and obviously with Quinn in the bowl game. Talking about uh, player turnover with two of our top running backs leaving, do you think we'll be a pass heavy offense next year, making that stat easier? I think we should be throwing the ball more. Um, I think our key, the key to the success uh, next year will be quick passing game like we saw in the bowl game. Um, I I do think we will have, we will be a good running team, but I don't know if we will be a good running team at first. I think that will be like a gradual thing as we go on with the season. Yeah, something to watch for. So this offseason is going to be one that's filled with with great headlines. Stay tuned in with us. Um, but we're going to wrap that segment up and go into betting corner. Um, I am really looking forward to turning the page on this betting corner season. So I cannot wait for this segment to be over. Bowen, <laughs> please make it quick. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've, I've prepared quite, quite a few, quite a few, um, um, items for us to, for us to chat about, for us to wrap up the season. I mean, of course, the you know what's big on everyone's mind is is the overall winner which we will get to we will get to but you know we'll kind of want to just reflect on on the season you know thanks for bearing with us as we all our listeners as we go through each of our picks at each and every week you know it's it's a ton of fun for us to be able to do that and great wait for us to um 
you know, kind of make sense of the league and, you know, all, all, all the sports and, you know, all the, all the potential possibilities around us. So um, I took the liberty of putting together some superlatives, um, some analytics, if you will, of, uh, of some of the, the most notable bets, best bets, you know, kind of highlighting individual awards. And, um, you know, at the end, of course, we'll, we'll see who was the overall winner and, and hand it off for, for the acceptance speech. But um, before that, I wanted to kind of uh, put uh, put some other awards out there. So the award for the best single bet of the year goes to Jake Robinson with a plus 1230 parlay, USA covering half a goal, UTSA, Jackson State, and Tulane all covering a four-leg um, spread parlay, which was just unbelievable, 12 to 1. Well done. Well done to you, Jake. Thank you. Worst single bet on the flip side was none other than our dear Kevin with just a simple Baylor LSU cover two leg parlay. Um, you know, seems pretty seemed pretty straightforward, I think, at the time, but maybe could have maybe could have gone better. <laughs> All right. The next award for the most number of perfect peas. So in case y'all, in case y'all don't remember, <laughs> perfect key is when, you know, you just, you just put all the units up that week and you don't get any of them right. And this one's actually a tie with wow. our dear Kevin and Andy, both with two perfect P's on the season. Oh, well done. Well done. A share, shared award there. I'm glad that's shared. Thank you. <laughs> All right. And then we have three more real quick. And then, um, and then we'll go, we'll go to the overall. So I also wanted to give awards out for best total spread and money line better. So the best total better, we weren't, we, we were not good at totals. So maybe that's something we should keep in mind going into next season. I had the best return with just three units. So totals were, we should just stay away from betting totals spread though. Jake with a return of 26 units, 26 units on the spread. That's well done to you, Jake. Wow. Thank you. And Thank um, you. last one is the money line. Um, and this maybe, maybe was a surprise to y'all. It was to me, certainly. Kevin with Let's a whopping go. return of 12 <laughs> units on the money line. Yes. So Kevin, Kevin's a money line better. So I that's, think, I think that's helped by me picking TCU over Michigan money line. So I just have to pat my chest on that one. Yeah, that's a great award good. going into the going into the going into next season. So I will say, um, you know, Jake and I both finished in the positive. I won't give away how much, you know, we've both finished up, but we both, Jake and I both outperformed the S P over this range. Wow. Over in the same time that betting corner 2022 was started, the S P has lost 7.73%. Jake and I were both in the positive. So if you had just listened to our betting advice, <laughs> That's right. you would have outperformed the S&P miles and miles away. What, it, what so, is the pod as a whole? Did we outperform the S&P as a whole? Wait, actually, you know what? I think we did. Let me, let me double check. <laughs> I, I think we did also outperform the S&P as a whole. I don't know. Kevin, Kevin did his best to you know, try to make us, make us, <laughs> not, us not, not beat. Um, what would we have to be to be down 7%? Would that be down 28 units? Seven yeah. units each? Oh, we did not. We did not outperform <laughs> the S&P. <laughs> That's okay. Just listen to not. Jake and Bo and you'll make money. 
<laughs> yeah. All right. Well, it's it's time for that last award, the final bet award for the betting corner 2022 best overall better goes to none other than Jake Walker Robinson with a return of 19.25 units. Well yeah. done, Jake. Well done. Incredible. Well done. Thank Great job. Thank you all. I, I think it's time for a speech. So first of all, Bowen, thank you for leading the betting corner this season. You've done a tremendous job. You were a formidable opponent um, up until the end. <laughs> you, you might think I should be humble in a time like this. Some losers may even say, act like you've been there before. But the truth is, I don't want to be humble. And like Texas football, I haven't been on top of any pedestals recently. So I'm going to keep this relatively short, but I just feel burdened with this wealth of weighty knowledge about sports betting. Um, and I just felt like I should be kind enough to share two pieces of advice that propelled me to the top this season. Number one, always bet the parlays. You must do it. I don't care what any so-called experts say. Hit bet the parlays and you will win. And second, bet on the UTs. My bets on Texas and Tennessee on the spread got me in the black, and then all I had to do was hit that one parlay to get there. And I'll leave you with this, wise people out there. In the words of one of my betting mentors, Mattress Mac Mackingville, <laughs> and I quote, I would do this again tomorrow, and I probably will. It's fun to be part of the greatest story in gambling history. <laughs> I Amazing. Amazing. Well done. I mean, incredible season, Jake. I mean, finishing up 19 units. So, like, for our listeners out there, that's 19% on, on return on money. Any better anywhere you would talk to would be more than happy with 19. I finished at about 10, and that's still – I mean, if you're finishing in the positive – as a, as a sports gambler, that's uh, there more, is, than, more than what you can ask for. I, I'm like very happy with my performance and everything, but if you just take out um, conference championships week, I was up more than 19 units that one weekend. So if you take that week out, then I'm in, I'm in the red. <laughs> hey, it's a full season. It's a full season. It's all good. Awesome. Well, well done again to you, Jake. We will go again next season um uh kevin or uh you know well i i just i just spoiled it but you know some some of the folks on on this podcast were saying that we next season we might have punishments for last place so yeah upping the stakes i think that's a good idea um and we shouldn't state that we should all come to an agreement about what that is um uh, but i think it would be fun and you know i'm a big fan of the law of averages so i'm not going to lose again next year <laughs> <laughs> you Weren't you? No, the first year, the first year you're in first, but you lost like tons of money, right? Uh, we were playing with fake like least negative. Yeah, I think yeah. it was like was negative two hundred and forty. This year was oh, yeah. real, real De Niro, real, real USD. Um, but yeah, no, great season, folks. Um, yeah, well, it's a ton of fun, and we'll we'll be back again next year for sure. Um, Jake, I'll hand it back off to you to close this out. All right. Thanks. Thanks again, Bo. Um, that brings us to the end of this episode and the end of season two of football on the 40. That being said, we will be back during the off season. 
Um, we will be back to preview the spring game and at other random intervals, probably about once every month or so. So just stay tuned to our Instagram and uh, follow us on our Spotify account and you will be able to see when we have a new episode. But that brings us to the end. Like I said, thank you all for listening. Thank you all for sticking with us throughout this season. And we will catch you next season on Football on the 40. Hook them. Thank you.